but what a truth. Tonight, Genesis 41 is where we are. Genesis 41, continuing on from where we were last week. Does anyone need a handout tonight? Sorry, I forgot to ask that, Mona. Does anybody need a handout? Everyone good to go? Anybody need a paper for a paper airplane or anything? Tic-tac-toe board? There's room on the back there, yeah. Tic-tac-toe, whatever else there may be. And so, Genesis 41 tonight. Last week when we saw Joseph, he was in prison. He was in prison because he broke no laws. Now, I know there are a lot of people that are in prison that say, I didn't do anything to be in prison, and they're lying about it. That's not the case with Joseph. He didn't belong in prison. He had broken no laws. He had done the right things, in all honesty, at this point in his life. He was in prison basically because he refused the passes that a woman made to him. When we last saw him, he was in a tough spot. He was still faithfully serving God in the midst of that tough spot that he was in. He was a man who had his priorities in order. He was one that was counted faithful. When we last saw Joseph, if you remember, two people had dreams. Can anybody remember who those two people were? William. The butler and the baker, yes. And so I heard that these kids are actually listening to some of this stuff. And uh, Maria was sharing with me a story earlier how she was ha- going to have Michael test a cookie to see if it was stale or not. And Michael's like, I'm not your cupbearer. And so <laughs> he was he's been listening on Wednesday night. That's good to hear. And so Maria just shouldn't have said the cookie might have been stale. So just said it was a good cookie. And he would have been willing to be the cupbearer then. And so... But it's good to see the kids are paying attention. That's good to hear. And uh, when we look here, we see that Joseph interpreted both dreams for the butler and for the baker. Now, which one lived and which one died? Anybody remember that? Yes, good job, good job. All right, that's good. And so Joseph told the butler to remember him. When he got released, I'm sure when he got back into his position that Joseph was waiting there in prison to get out. But we look at chapter 41, verse number 1. It says, and it came to pass at the end of two full years. That's a long time. You know, I mentioned it last week. We're about a year and a half into our COVID world around us. Two years of waiting. Two years. But what we see is that he got delivered. We see tonight, and what we're going to see is that he's delivered and he's promoted in the palace. And what I want you to know is that in the midst of two long years, where it might seem like Joseph is forgotten about, he was not forgotten about. There was a God-working And the unseen hand of God was at work in the midst of his life. I want you to remember tonight as we get into the message that God knows, just like Joseph, God knew right exactly where Joseph was. He knows where you are tonight. He has his timing. He knows how to bring us out of the prisons and the waiting rooms of life and to put us where we need to be 
at the right time. And so tonight, let's dive in, and we see number one tonight, we see Joseph and Providence. To anyone looking at Joseph's life, it must have appeared that God forgot about him. After all, he's a faithful servant of God, but he's in prison doing time for a crime he never committed. And it looked like God forsaken him, maybe God's judging him, whatever the case may be. But God is working behind the scenes. The first thing that we see letter A with Joseph and Providence letter A is we see providential delays. Verse 1 lets us know, it says, And it came to pass that after these things, oh, verse, verse number 1 says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years, the Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. We're told it's been two long years since the butler was released. We're not told how long he was there before all these events unfold, whatever takes place, but two full years have passed by. God used that time. We don't know what did God do with Joseph those two years. The Bible doesn't tell us. All the details are not found there. But there are long years prison. God is teaching Joseph some things. What did he teach him exactly? We don't know all the details. But I think patience, service, dependence on God would be some things that God was teaching him during this time. God placed Joseph in the waiting room of life and left him there for a while to learn some lessons. God taught him to wait on him and to trust him in spite of the situations around him. There are times in life where we get into the waiting room. And we want life to happen now. We want the answers now. We don't want to wait. We want to have it our way, right away, at Burger King. Isn't that the Burger King old saying, the old commercials? You can have it your way, right away, at Burger King. Yeah, that's Gary's spot. Joe had a great meal from Burger King yesterday, too, he was telling me about. But that's not how life goes. That's not how it works. There are the waiting rooms of life. Things happen. And there are times where you might look at God and say, have you forgotten where I'm at? Do you not see what's going on? Maybe you feel like God hasn't answered your prayers and you're waiting and you're just in the middle of this waiting time. And my mind goes back to the Psalms that says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Waiting is part of God's plan at times. And we don't like it. We don't like those moments. But, and you think about this, providential delays are never easy, but they are designed to help us grow in the Lord. Letter B, we see providential dreams. Now we see the fact that Pharaoh has a dream. We see that at the end of verse 41. Look at verse, four, verse 2 of chapter 41. It says, And behold, there came out of the river seven well-favored well kin and fat-fleshed, and they fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kin came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kin upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kin did eat of the seven well-favored and fat kin, so Pharaoh awoke. And he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted 
with the east wind sprung up after them, and the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, and all the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. We see this delay of two years. We see letter B, the dreams that Pharaoh dreamed. And the context here, and we see these dreams, these dreams troubled Pharaoh. That's what the Bible says right here. The word troubled means to be disturbed or greatly distressed. He called for his wise men. These were the men who were supposed to be able to communicate with the Egyptian gods and share the counsel of the gods with Pharaoh. But they could not interpret the dream. It appeared, and what it said to me is that God made it so that they couldn't interpret the dreams. And I know you see here, and as we look at these things, we think of other times where men had dreams. And they went to their gods for answers. We think about the book of Daniel. And as we look here tonight, what we see is Pharaoh dreamed these dreams. And there was no one in Pharaoh's kingdom that could get an answer from their gods and figure out these dreams. God was working the way for Joseph to be called upon. God used these dreams. You see, God made a delay. There was a delay. Two full years, the Bible says here. There was some things that Joseph needed to learn and some things that God was doing in his life. But then we see God moving forward here. And isn't this a blessing as we look at this, that God sent the dream to Pharaoh, but also no one in the kingdom could answer or interpret the dream because God was at work behind the scenes in this passage and in the life of Joseph. You know, we look at this and we think about this, something to keep in mind tonight. Pharaoh thought of himself to be a god. Pharaoh's men and all, they thought that they were in control of what was happening in Egypt. But the truth is, it doesn't matter who thinks they're in control of anything tonight. God is in control of all things. You might look and you say, well, look at our state. Look at the craziness. Look at all the wickedness and all. Guess who's really in control? God's still in control. Say, but it doesn't look like it. Does it look like it in this passage? Did it look like it with the Caesars that rose up in Rome? Did it look like it with Nebuchadnezzar? Does it look like it with who's in the White House today? God is in control. He knows what's going on. He's got everything under control. We should be able to rest in that tonight. This passage should give us some hope of some things. And I think about what the Bible tells us in Proverbs. Um, do you have Proverbs 21.1? You don't have Proverbs 21.1. We know that the king, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord is what the scripture tells us. God is in control. And what this passage should help us with, number one, is this. To realize that our God is sovereign over all things. Hey, our God is sovereign over all things. The Bible makes that clear for us. There's so many passages 
that we could look at tonight. And for sake of time, we're just going to keep moving tonight. But you see just some of the verses there, there in your notes. I gave them to you. Isaiah 46, 10 and 11, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executes my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass, I have purposed it, I will also do it. Isaiah 43, 13, yea, before the day was, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand, I will work, and who shall let it? Psalm 135, 6, whatsoever the Lord pleaseth, that did he in heaven and in earth and in the seas, and in the deep places. Um, Ephesians 1.11, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. As we study this passage tonight, one of the things that should help us remember is the fact that our God is sovereign over all things. And number two, that kings rule at the pleasure of the Lord. Kings rule at the pleasure of the Lord. It doesn't matter if there's a Democrat or a Republican in office. God is still going to accomplish his purpose no matter who is there. Heard a lot of Christians several months ago. What's going to happen now that we have a Democrat in office? The same thing that happened last time there was a Democrat in office or a Republican. God is still going to work everything out. And my hope's not in who's in the White House or who's in the governor's house or who's the mayor of our city. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in God, and he's going to do as he pleases. The Bible tells us in Daniel 2.21, And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom and unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You see, he removes kings and he sets up kings. I hear a lot of Christians still, the last election was stolen. Shut up. Get over it. God sets up kings. He removes kings. You know what I tend to believe? God didn't want Donald Trump in office again right now. Say, no, that's the wicked side getting their way. No, 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 no. God is over all things, and he's sovereign, isn't he? And he's going to perform his purposes. He removes kings, and he sets them up. That's what he does. That's what it says right there, right? Daniel 4.32, And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling, it was talking about Nebuchadnezzar, shall be as the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Some powerful stuff right there. 1 Samuel 2, verse 7, 8, The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar out of the dunghill to set them among princes to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the, of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He's in control, folks. 
Some lessons that we learn, our God is sovereign over all things. Kings rule at the pleasure of the Lord. Then let her see as we talk, go back to the providential things. We see not only providential delays and providential dreams, but we see providential deliverance. Verse 9 through verse number 14, the Bible says, Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me inward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, To each man according to his dream did he interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh's talking about this dream that he can't understand. And all of a sudden, the butler remembers, oh yeah, I dreamed a dream too. And there was this guy in that prison that I forgot about. But do you see that God is working this all out right at the right time? Pharaoh needs an answer. Pharaoh You see that Joseph is brought before Pharaoh when Pharaoh's at a desperate moment where he needs something. There is no accident with God when God does things and the timing behind what God does. And the same goes for our lives today. The hand of God is all over this. Man, just like we go to the book of Esther, I love the book of Esther. We're going to go through the book of Esther one day completely and entirely. But I love as you go through the book of Esther, it just so happened the king was reading. He couldn't sleep and he was reading the chronicles of, the, of them and the, the things that had happened. And how Mordecai had helped save the king and all these things. And just so happened that way that all these, no, God is behind the scenes doing these things. And we see that right here. And one, what we see here is we see, when would a powerful ruler who sees himself as a god listen to a Hebrew slave that's in a prison? He was desperate. He needed an answer. And God moved right at the right time. And that's where sometimes we look at life and we're like, I just need God to take care of this right now. And God's like, no, you don't. You don't. You need to just follow me and my timing. Have you not read my book and seen that I do things right on time? I know. He knows what he's doing. He's always right on time. He's never early. He's never late. He's right on time. And we got to remember something tonight, and we do well to remember that our God doesn't operate according to our timetable. He operates on his, and his is what's best. When we want to see something happen, we want it to happen now, we need to learn that God orders events and the very timing of those events, and it will all work out. Every time in the Bible someone tried to help God accomplish what God said he would do, it never turned out very well. Ask 
Abraham and Sarah, how it went with, with the Egyptian handmaiden Ishmael. God said that Sarah would have a son. Should have just wait on God. God doesn't need our help. We need to wait on him. So we see number one tonight, we see Joseph and Providence. And then number two, we see Joseph and Pharaoh. We see Joseph and Pharaoh. Now look at verse number 15. It says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Now, the first thing we see is we're going to read further. We see letter A. We see Joseph's profession. Pharaoh set Joseph up right there for Joseph to say, yep, I can do that. I did it before, and I can help you with your dream. But what do we see Joseph do in verse number 16? And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God, not one of your Egyptian gods, but God, the God of my fathers, shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Wow. He could have taken all the credit and said, you know what, Pharaoh, I'll help you out. Get me out of prison and I'll do whatever you need. But do you see the humility in Joseph? Do you see the fact that Joseph understood the fact that he needed God? And what he does is, and after all Joseph's been through, all the pain, all the suffering up to this point, he could have been mad at God, he could have been bitter at God, but no, he tells Pharaoh, hey, my God will answer you. My God can do this. It's amazing that in the midst of all those hard times that he's pointing Pharaoh to God. After all he's been through, Joseph's not bitter, but he's actively seeking to find ways to bring glory and honor to God. You don't see him complain about the two years that this took. You don't see him complain about the injustice that he's faced. We don't see any of those things. All we see is Joseph trying to make God look good. What we need today, each and every one of us, and get this lesson, and get this lesson good tonight. We need to make God look good. He is good. Let's build him up. Let's make it known to Chino. Make it known to San Bernardino County. Make it known to California. Make it known to the United States, to the world, that God is good. And even when my life's not good, my God is still good in the midst of it. When life gets complicated, and it will get complicated, when it does, it might seem easy to blame God or to look at God and say and blame Him or get angry with Him. But you've got to understand, He knows what He's doing. And it also makes the prisons of life's of life, the waiting rooms of life, a little easier to be in by realizing that God's in control. 
that God knows where you are. I love the fact here that Joseph lifts up his God to Pharaoh. That's what we're in business for. That's what Victory Baptist Church is in business for, to exalt our Savior, to make God look good and magnify Him. He is worthy of our praise, even in the midst of our darkest days. He's worthy of receiving glory, even when our hearts are broken. And we should strive to do just as Joseph did right here. We keep on reading about what he says. It says um, in verse number um, 17, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river, and behold, and he goes through all the things that happen here. And now look at verse 25. It says, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. Here he goes again. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kin are the seven, are seven years. The seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and ill-favored kin and the came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled, doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, years and let them gather all the food of those good years unto the, that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities, and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. We see letter B. We see Joseph's plan. Joseph knows that God's in this. God, is Ill, God has worked all this to this point, and we see Joseph mentioned God over and over again. I love seeing this here. But we see that Joseph does something here that no slave or prisoner probably ever did very much. He tells Pharaoh what he needs to do. Look at that right there. He tells him, this is what he says, and we read all those verses. Let me put it in simpler terms for some of us tonight. He recommends that Pharaoh finds a wise man to oversee the project. Then he recommends that 20% of all the food that's produced in the good years, in those good seven years, that they take 20% and they store up that food to feed the people in the seven lean years. It's a great plan. Because if this plan is followed, what will happen is there will be plenty of corn to spare even in the famine. You know, California could learn a great lesson here. 
We have a water shortage, right? So build enough spots to hold enough water instead of throwing it back into the ocean, right? Or you could learn we have the ocean. That as smart as people are, isn't there a way to get rid of the salt out of it so that you could get water from There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way for that all to work. You know, we have a water shortage, and we have the Pacific Ocean 30 miles from us. Big-time water shortage. But the whole plan here is during the good years, you store up for the poor years. It would it's a great lesson. And he gives this idea out, and as we see this, this plan, this is what God placed in Joseph's heart. God placed it there to share it. God used a slave to set policy for the kingdom. It's amazing what God, who God will use to do things. We see Joseph's plan. So we see Joseph in promotion. We see Joseph in Pharaoh. And number three, and lastly tonight, we see Joseph in promotion. We see Joseph in promotion. We see letter A, we see Joseph's new position. May I just remind you tonight that Joseph was sold as a slave into Egypt, and he ends up in Potiphar's house. God's with him, and he moves up basically to second in command in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife lies about him. He's put in prison. He's raised in position in prison. He's in prison a long time. And now look at what position he gets. Look at verse 37. It says, And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, look at verse 38. Look at this good. Can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. It's a heathen man who thinks he's God. And he says, I don't think I've ever seen a guy like this that has the Spirit of God upon him like this man. Keep on reading. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over the land of Egypt. <laughs> you know, technically Potiphar had a new boss. Did you ever think about that? Potiphar had a new boss. The only one over Joseph was Pharaoh. We see this new position. Pharaoh loves the plan. He likes the plan, decides that no one could come up with this or be as wise and have this idea. And from an instant moment in time, Joseph went from being a slave and a prisoner to being second in command only to Pharaoh. He was promoted from being over a few prisoners in a prison to being given second in command of the land of Egypt. He had all the rights and power of a king. In the absence of the king, he would function in that capacity. No one but God could have done this for Joseph. And when we think about all of this, and even Pharaoh recognized that God's hand was all over Joseph. He gave 
glory for what had taken place. We see letter B, we see Joseph's new power. Verse 42 says, And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. Verse 43, And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. He gets to ride second chariot behind Pharaoh. Everywhere he goes, people are ordered to bow before him and to respect him. The prisoners moved out of the prison and taken up residence in the palace. What a change. What a working God has done in his life. And then let her see. We see Joseph's new possessions. Joseph's new possessions. When Pharaoh promoted Joseph, he gave him some new possessions to go along with his new position. The first thing he gave him, number one, was a ring. This ring was Pharaoh's signet ring. It symbolized Joseph's authority as if Pharaoh himself. He was given authority to sign the king's name. That's quite some authority. Number two, he was given a robe. Um, didn't Joseph lose a robe before? A coat of many colors, right? He lost that robe that his father had given to him. That coat of many colors meant that he was the head of the family, or to be. And Joseph only had that robe for a short time. Did you know he lost another robe? The Bible tells us he lost his, his robe to Potiphar's wife. He had a thing of losing robes, didn't he? He lost his coat of many colors. He lost his garment to Potiphar's wife. But now he's given a new robe. And this robe identified him as the ruler of Egypt. And it said that he ruled for about, he was there about 80 years. It was his permanent robe. And then we see, number three, he had some bling. He had a gold chain. And this chain told everyone that when they saw Joseph, he was a man to be respected and revered. When someone passed by, guess what they had to do? They had to bow before him. In giving, in Pharaoh giving Joseph all these things, the Lord was allowing Joseph to see a partial fulfillment of the dreams that God gave him back in chapter 37. As Joseph rode along in his new chariot, watching the people bow at his approach, he must have given God praise for his providential hand in all that had taken place. God had taken Joseph from the pit of prison and placed him in the palace. There are times in life where we might feel like God's forgotten about us. There are times where we feel like we're in the middle of nowhere and how are we going to get where we need to be. We've got to remember God has a plan. He knows what's going on. 
and he will take care of things. You know, Jesus spoke, the storm stopped. Jesus spoke, and Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jesus spoke, and this world came into existence. He knows where you are, he knows what you're going through, and he knows how to get you through. And just like Job, at the end of his life, after weeks and months of suffering, Job was finally released from his prison, and God restored and gave him so much. What are our takeaways tonight? God's in control of everything. He's working in your life even when you don't see it. He has a plan to deliver you and to promote you in his time. And your primary duty in this life, through all the circumstances and all the situations of life, is to find ways to glorify him as you patiently wait for him to bring his purposes to pass. Next week, we are going to look at one verse. I'm just going to show you the verse to give you a sneak peek of next week. Verse 45. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name. Ryan, how do you say that one? Do you have that there? Oh, you closed your Bible on me. You weren't expecting me to do that again. Ryan's the one I go to when I need a name. So we'll just let Ryan say it so he can get that. Zaphnath Panea. Zaphnapania. And he gave him to wife, Asnath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. And Joseph went on over all the land of Egypt. What I'm going to do next Wednesday night is I'm going to tie Joseph's Gentile bride to a picture of the church and Christ with his bride some pretty powerful things that we're going to look at next week. That's just a little sneak peek. Just get you a little, you know, sometimes you watch your favorite TV show and they say coming up next week just to give you a little taste of what's coming. That's what's coming next week. We started tonight our class on um, 